Hello, and welcome to the Doctors Washington Podcast. On this episode of The Plug, we will discuss the clinical years. During medical school, the first two years are often identified as basic science years where most of the coursework is classroom-based. During the clinical years, students have the opportunity to gain firsthand knowledge of the medical world by caring for patients under the supervision of licensed physicians and postgraduate trainees, including residents and fellows. So let's take a deep dive into the clinical years of medical school. It's actually what you've all been waiting for, the time when you can actually talk to patients, obtain a history, and begin examining and diagnosing patients. This is when your coursework in the preclinical years meets real life. You are now a student doctor. In many instances, students have completed the first two years of coursework and successfully completed step one prior to the beginning of the clinical clerkships. So what clinical rotations do you typically do during the third year of medical school? During the third year of medical school, um, students usually rotate through their course specialties like internal medicine, pediatrics, family medicine, general surgery, OB-GYN, psychiatry, neurology, those sorts of things. There are some schools that have added emergency medicine into this core, so it'll depend a little bit on your program. These clinical rotations are usually about six to 12 weeks in length if you're at a standard um, kind of old school sort of setup for your medical schools. A lot of schools are going towards a longitudinal integrated clerkship type setup where you do all of these simultaneously. And so one, a portion of one day you'll do internal medicine and a portion of another day you'll do general surgery within each week. And so that will be dependent on the type of medical school you actually go to. During these rotations or during these times, you kind of function as an apprentice. Um, You basically see the patients and talk about them to your attendings or your residents. And your whole point at that time is to learn as much as possible about your patients and then see the day-to-day workings of a medical team. What rotations are typically done during fourth year? During the fourth year, students often have the opportunity to select elective clerkships to hone in on their specialty of choice. So there are some rotations that are mandatory and required by your um, institution as a fourth year. Um, Usually two of those are called sub-I's or sub-internships. Um, acting internships or junior internships, where fourth-year medical students are given some more responsibility and function really as an intern. So that's when you really gain some independence in learning how to take care of patients um, with a little more responsibility, um, though though you still have um, the supervision that you would need. Uh, So a question that might come up when you're thinking about Um, rotations and stuff during your fourth year is should you do your rotations or clerkships in any particular order? There are many schools of thought on this, but most people think that the order of the clinical clerkships doesn't really matter because all the students have to go through the same rotations. Some people suggest doing the specialty that you're interested in somewhere 
in the mid to late portion of your third year. So you can start to think about any away rotations or any sub internships or acting internships that you might want to do and begin planning for those. Some suggest doing the specialty that you're absolutely not interested in first. Um, But overall, the framework is um, essentially the same. So you'll be able to get that exposure. Um, However, I would say that if you're contemplating maybe deciding between a couple of different specialties, then do those kind of when you have a little bit of clinical knowledge under your belt. So maybe not put it as the first or second rotation, um, but then do it kind of closer to the middle section. That way you can kind of make a determination. So we've talked a little bit about how you want to schedule the clerkships. Now let's talk about what you are actually supposed to be doing on your clerkships. I think it's important that we start off with some of the do's and don'ts of clinical clerkships. So let's start with the do's. During your third and fourth year of medical school, during these clerkships, you're still being evaluated. So one way that you're being evaluated is through shelf exams. So you do not get out of taking exams in the third and fourth year. You still have them. And each core rotation has its own shelf. So internal medicine has its own, surgery has its own, et cetera. So you still have to study. But a significant portion of your evaluation is based on how you interact with patients and other members of your treatment team. And this can create some difficulty for some third and fourth year medical students because it has a lot to do with the way you're perceived. Remember, perception is reality in this game. So let's talk about a few of the do's. Be a team player. Um, Be willing to do a little extra here or a little extra there in order to help the team. Be kind and courteous. Um, This is the time you'll develop that bedside manner that hopefully will remain with you throughout your career. And so whenever you focus on your patient and make sure that the patient is having a good experience, it's helpful for you and it helps the way that you're perceived. Know your patients. Usually the medical students will present either to the residents or the attendings on the team during the course of rounds. So make sure you know who the patient is and what they're there for and what the plan of care is as much as you can. If you're not sure, then ask one of your residents before rounds to make sure that you're clear on it. Um, Or ask the attending before rounds just to make sure that you know exactly what's going on. Ask questions. And sometimes this can be really hard because people tend to feel that when they start asking questions, it reveals what they don't know. But asking questions really does help show people that you're thinking about things. And that's what they want to know is that you're engaged and you're paying attention to what's going on. And the best way to do that isn't to have something to add necessarily, but to have good questions where you can learn something from each patient. Um, act professionally at all times. And this is a big thing because um, it, is, it is a huge part of the way that you're evaluated. So when you come to work, make sure that things are, you're presentable. Um, when you interact with patients, make sure that that is always professional. Um, and same thing with other residents as well as other medical students. It's always being watched, not just by the residents, the medical students and the attendings, but also by the nursing staff. And they really can Um, and will sometimes make comments to either your residents or to your attendings. And then lastly, always be prepared. Um, And so that means that you're reading 
about your patient's um, disease processes the night before. And that helps you get a better understanding and a clearer clearer knowledge of what could potentially happen next for that patient. And it'll allow you to ask better questions. And so being prepared is a huge element of coming into rounds each morning. So make sure that, um, that you have that in the bag. That was a great highlight of some of the do's and things that will really make you look like a rock star as a medical student coming on the wards. But I do want to take a second to talk about the don'ts and the things that, if at all possible, um, you can try to minimize. Uh, So the first thing is going to sound cliche, but complain. It's very easy when, you know, you're stressed or there are lots of things going on, lots of um, patients to take care of, get upset or, um, you know, upset about what time you're leaving because you won't be working similar hours to to what you may have been used to, like the normal um, eight to five, which when you're in classes or that kind of thing, it'll, it'll often be longer hours. So it's easy to find something to complain about, but try to minimize that as much as possible because that reflects poorly on you professionally. And that can also follow you um, even into your evaluations. And those are things that you don't really want to to carry through your your training record. Um, The second thing is um, being on your your phone or being on your phone for social purposes. Um, You know, again, same thing in having some downtime. If it's, you know, downtime, everybody's kind of chilling and getting work done and all your work's done, you know, it's probably okay to do that for a little bit of time. But um, when you're taking care of patients and it's the middle of rounds and you're not paying attention, but you're on, on social media, that doesn't look great because it can you can get caught off guard by questions that may be asked about asked to you about your patients or you know a host of other situations that that could come up. Um, I do want to mention that using your phone for medical apps like up to date or um you know a host of other um apps that can help you easily and quickly find the answer to questions that you may have is perfectly fine um actually it can be helpful for the team um, because you can provide them information while they're um doing you know some of the work of taking care of patients you can add to their knowledge base and add to their learning by supplementing with um with medical apps in that way so using your phone for those purposes are, is really okay, but being on there for social purposes, social media um, is, is not okay in the, in the wrong situation. Um, also, don't neglect studying. Um, again, this is a different arena that you're in where you're taking care of patients and you're not learning in a textbook uh, in the way that you had been in the, in the two years pre, uh, prior to, to this time. So what you'll have to do is really learn how to best study while you're on these rotations, whether it's still pulling out a textbook or um, using question banks to help you get ready for shelf exams. Um, however you learn this, however you learn best, it's going to be important to keep that those good study habits that you developed in the first two years going, because it's going to only uh, add to how much you retain and learn as you go through your rotations. The fourth, um, demonstrating disinterest. Um, So again, this kind of 
uh, goes along with paying attention and um, being involved in the patient care um, and the team that you're a part of. If uh, a lot of times you can tell when someone's not really engaged or really interested in being in that in that environment and what you don't want that to do is show up in your evaluations. Um, I know we kind of talked about this as a, um, you know, as something that is really important, but perception really is key because even if you could be very interested in the rotation that you're on or very interested in the patients that uh, you're given, if you, if it's not If it's not apparent that you are very interested or you're not asking questions or those kind of things, it can your your interest, um, your interest won't be readily, um, I guess your interest won't be visible to those that are evaluating you. So it's not something where you have to go over and above and, you know, go outside your character, so to speak, to to demonstrate interest. But just do things like ask questions or offer assistance on, on the patients that you're caring for, even those that you may not be caring for, to help the team out. Because that shows that one, you're interested in that you're engaged and two, that you're a team player. So that's going to be a positive way to um, a positive thing that can be highlighted in your evaluations. Um, another thing is don't just disappear, <laughs> um, you know, again, because your hours are long in the hospital um, and there are so many things going on. Your team is likely juggling multiple things while they're also trying to uh, provide you with some education. So it's it can be times where you can feel like you're, um, you know, not necessarily the, the main focus of, of uh, the environment there. And that's mainly because they're trying to take care of uh, the patients at hand, but that also doesn't give you an out to just disappear. If you need to leave or go for like an appointment or a meeting or anything like that, or there's, you know, an emergency or something that you have to attend to, take the, you know, take the initiative um, and be professional about that and let your supervisor, like your upper level um, residents or your attending know that that you're going to have to be gone on X day, X time, and that you'll be back, you know, whenever, because um, that, that one reflects professionalism and two lets them know that, Hey, I'm um, I know that I'm a part of this team and I know that it means something for me to be here, but I do want to let you know that I do have another commitment that I have to adhere to. And they're more than happy to let you go and do what you need to do. You just need to be vocal about those things that um, those things that you have to do or those things that you have planned. Another thing is um, don't do just the minimum. Um, again, this is about explain or this is about um, showing your interest in patient care in general, even if it's not if it's not necessarily a field or even if it's not a field that you're interested in, just um, showing that, hey, I'm willing to be here to learn what I can, take what I can from the experience and and go from there. Um, you know, offer, offer to, you know, tag along when they're seeing patients and, you know, listening on how they do things or, um, you know, even if it's even if it's just, um, you know, just being an observer as opposed to someone actually doing things that says a lot, too, because just showing that, you know, that you're interested is going to go a long way, even if you know that that's not something that you want to do for a career.
And lastly, um, don't put down other medical students or what uh, a lot of people call as being a gunner. Don't do that because uh, being residents, fellows, um, attendings, we can spot those medical students that are putting down um, their colleagues or, you know, trying to make themselves look better at the expense of their colleagues. And that also isn't a good thing. Um, the goal is, again, for everyone there to learn and to help push the patient's care forward and not um, and not, you know, make someone look bad at the expense or make, not to make um, yourself look good at the expense of someone looking bad. So it really reflects poorly on you um, if, if you do engage in that kind of activity. So try to, you know, recognize when those things are going are, are going on and shy away from those situations. Yeah, those do's and don'ts were so good. I feel like we need to put those on some little flashcards or make an app so people can keep that in their phone and refer back to it uh, at the uh, time when it's appropriate. So now we will circle back to the clerkships and navigating residency applications. We'll go back and talk about um, one reason students may want to do rotations earlier or later is because of their specialty interests and their desire to do any away rotations. So for example, if a student's interested in surgery, but wants to say leave one state and maybe go to another state, or there's a school in particular they would wanna do their residency in, then they might wanna schedule an away rotation or a sub-internship in surgery at that school. You know, if the student goes to that program and performs well, then it increases their chances to be granted an interview and possibly match there. And so some uh, students really use those fourth year elective rotations as an opportunity um, to, to do that, increase their chances at matching. But then sometimes they do them to gain new skills or explore something new and completely different. I know for me as a fourth year medical student, I did a couple of things. You know, I am um, internal medicine and pediatrics, but as a fourth year med student, I did an anesthesia rotation because I wanted to become more proficient in placing IVs. And then I did a dermatology rotation because I wanted to be comfortable, like looking at more and different types of rashes. So those were a couple of the rotations I did. I know that you guys did some different kind of uh, elective and away rotations as well. So Dr. Kimberly and Dr. Jazz, can you guys talk a bit about that? So I recall doing a sports medicine rotation really because I wanted to get comfortable with the musculoskeletal exam. I feel like, um, you know, they were really well-versed at eliciting uh, the types of um, positive exam findings that you would expect with some of these maneuvers and diagnosing uh, musculoskeletal or disorders um, pretty well in, in that setting. So I did that rotation. And we also had another um, another fourth year elective where really we could design our own elective. And I used that time to basically do a, um, a rotation at home in Mississippi where I worked at a community health center and uh, helped provide care there while, while also um, or a community health center um, doing primary care and seeing patients in a primary care setting while also focusing on um, uh, public health uh, related um, issues in that population. All of my fourth year electives were pretty much um, 
related to surgery of some type. Um, so um, I did um, an additional rotation that was a research elective um, working in the trauma lab um, in Memphis. And um, then I also did a rotation um, that was kind of more specific to uh, trauma that was separate from um, my other surgery uh, rotations um, that were required, where were, were required. Um, I also uh, did a rotation that was uh, also quite similar uh, related to surgery, or at least that was my focus, but it was an um, international elective, which at that time wasn't really something that was accepted um, nationwide or at most medical schools. So it took us a little bit of a process to get it approved, which now it seems like most schools are providing something similar. So we spent about five weeks in um, a really small town in India at a at a hospital um, where I mainly worked with um, the surgeon there uh, doing operations. Uh, we did some primary care as well, just because of the need that was uh, present. But and there was an OB guy um, who um, operated quite a bit, and so I kind of uh, worked with them. But um, those are my fourth year electives. And then ultimately at the end of fourth year, which we'll go into here soon, I just kind of chilled, honestly. <laughs> I knew what was coming and I knew it was gonna be rough going into residency. And so I, I took my opportunity to not do a whole lot closer to the end of the year. And that kind of segues us into discussing our fourth year, um, um, what people think about fourth year generally. It's usually a lighter year academically but there are some key elements that we need to discuss um, when it comes to fourth year. So the ERAS application major, your dean's letter, very important, your um, CV, um, which sometimes may be the first time you've actually had to write one that will actually have things in it. And so that's a really important element. Um, your personal statement uh, can sometimes make or break your residency application. And so it's very important that you um, get that one right as well as your letters of recommendations. Um, and we'll discuss all of these things in future episodes. So definitely uh, check back with the, um, for those episodes in order to get tips and tricks on how to make those things a lot easier. The goal of your fourth year electives in away rotations is to enhance the residency application. So you wanna get good evaluations. Um, you, you want a good letter of recommendation. So those are kind of your, your major focuses. It's good to do these, these rotations in your specialty of choice and the letters of recommendations have more weight, especially now if you uh, listen into our previous episode on um, USMLE, USMLE in that they're going away from a, a numbered um, score to a pass-fail, particularly for step one, which used to be the way that a lot of residency programs would um, kind of decide who would get first, who would get screened on the front end. And so now these letter of recommendations are gonna weigh a whole lot more. Um, sometimes um, schools will, or uh, residency programs will give an automatic interview for those who did an elective there. So consider that, but also as we mentioned in previous episodes, consider the cost. Because if you do away electives, particularly if they're not at an institution within your city, then you do have the cost of where you live and that sort of thing when you're away. 
Um, when thinking about away rotations, if you're going into a highly competitive field, you really may want to seriously consider doing one of these because it increases your opportunities. It is almost essential if you are going into a competitive um, residency that where you don't have that residency at your medical school, you almost kind of have to go and do it in a way um, because that's the way that you get your letters of recommendation and that sort of thing. So for example, if you want to go into ENT, but at your medical school, there is no ENT residency. You really may seriously want to look into doing at least one away rotation um, in order for you to get those letters and to get that experience. So in addition to those things, there are a few other things to consider when you're planning your fourth, your fourth year rotations. So first, um, think about preparing for step two. You're going to need time to study. In addition to those things, there are a few other things to consider when planning for your fourth year rotations. So the first thing is that you'll need to prepare for step two. Um, you know, you would need to set aside some time on how to study for it, as well as financial um, support on how to pay for question banks and the test itself. Um, as we mentioned in a previous episode, uh, now it will only be step two CK and uh, no longer will there be um, the clinical skills part of it. So that's at least the financial, um, you know, a financial benefit to those who it affects. But it still doesn't mean that, um, you know, that step two CK will be any easier. So definitely set aside the time and the resources that you need to ensure that you're successful on your first attempt. Um, also, when planning for fourth year rotations, take into the account that you'll be away on interviews for residency. So try not to schedule essential rotations during the interview season. And typically um, the interview season runs anywhere from October to February, but the timing really varies by special by the specialty that you choose. Then there's match day in mid-March when you find out where you will go for residency. Typically after match day, it's smooth sailing until graduation. So really, if you can make it to match day, then you're in, you're in the clear. Um, these are just a few things to think about as you're scheduling your rotations and figuring out really how to round out your, your medical school education. Overall, the clinical years are an exciting time of hands-on learning where you gain much more information and decide ultimately what specialty you will pursue. The take-home points are to act interested in all clerkships, even if you're not, and to put your best foot forward. Know all about your patients and contribute to the team-based care of all patients. It will be busy, but it's worth it. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Doctors Washington podcast. Make sure to check back each Wednesday for our new episodes. We're available on your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. See you next time. The music on the Doctors Washington podcast is by artist Mike Burton. He's a Jackson, Mississippi native on his album, Soulful, and the track is entitled All Right. It is available on iTunes. I